This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast and radio show for the new evangelization. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, we are, uh, it, it's mid-November, snow, we're recording this on, on Wednesday the what, 20th, I think. Snow is, is coming, at least here in Sioux Falls. Uh, Thanksgiving is a week from tomorrow. Merry Christmas. That was last week, I think, based on the advertising. <laughs> I, I, by the way, I heard of someone who uh, said that the first five stores in which they see Christmas decorations <laughs> or uh, Christmas ads... They will not shop at that store until after Christmas. Oh. <laughs> well, idea. just the first five, because this person probably knows that every store they go into is going to have. Yeah. Uh, uh, we should, we'll talk about that. We've talked about that before during Advent. Creep. <clears throat> we'll talk about it. It really is creeping, though, Father. I mean, time of the year. Yeah, and yeah. So anyway, we're not. <laughs> we are not going to talk about Christmas. We're not even going to talk about Advent this week. It's still November, uh, and and we'll get to our topic in just a moment. But want to begin? Uh, try to begin every episode um, by uh, encouraging you, the listener, to uh, provide us with some feedback. We love questions. We love ideas for future episodes. Um, anything that you want to let us know, something you'd like us to talk about in the future, please let us know that. Um, you can. The best way to, to give feedback is by email. Email me, Chris. The address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Uh, the best way to get a hold of of both of us, frankly, because I'll get it, and if it's for Father, I'll send it on to him. Uh, so, Father, you um, a couple weeks ago, um, we had some guest co-hosts because you were on retreat, and and from that, I, I always find it interesting to ask you, like the, the week after um, uh, you're on retreat, what what bubbled up, what percolated, it, it, to see if there's a topic there for for an episode of ignition, uh, and and. I think there was one from this retreat. You want to talk about it? Yes, percolating up, much like uh, magma from the core of the earth. Amen. Uh, uh, creeping up through the uh, cracks in the crust. Yes, the cracks in the crust. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's always... I, I just... It's such a luxury for me, but it's uh, it's a necessary luxury for a priest to have that silent time of recollection, uh, both for... As I said to some of my students, and uh, actually I came back from retreat, and before I even went into my Newman Center, I walked up on the roof because my roof was there working. That's right. And uh, uh, I'd met them before, and said, like, hey, where have you been? I said, well, I spent a week on retreat. You know, and I said, uh, uh, you know, if I'm going to help other people, I better make sure my own uh, act is in line. And they're like, oh, it makes sense. Cool. Anyways, um, so on retreat, um, it's the most, Distracted ignition of the, of the year. year. <laughs> uh, so on retreat, uh, one one thing that was neat is uh, each year on retreat, I like to go down and visit uh, my dad's uh, cemetery. My dad's just a few uh, miles away from where we are uh, at Broomtree, and uh, uh, just to make a visit to him. Especially in November, it's good. To, uh, as we know, we've talked about the church uh, suffering, the church in purgatory, and so it's good to go and make grave visits and pray for them and hey I'm a priest so I can even bless the grave site and oh yeah yeah such a such a great gift and um 
but uh, I had had a little shock when I went there. It was it's a it's a small town uh, cemetery. I won't I won't say which small town, Doctor Bergwald. Okay, I was going to ask, so I'm glad you said that. <laughs> uh, but it's, I, I was a little shocked and disappointed because I, I drive up and walk in, and and it's it's interesting. This cemetery. Um, how how did my dad end up uh, there? Well, well, he died. Um, but uh, anyway, wow. yeah, that's anyways. Is that a bad joke? Well, it's it's your dad, so I can't. yeah. I love him. I can make jokes. Like Amen. Um, and uh, but he uh, um, he was running for office in Yankton, uh, running for city council back in the late 1990s. And uh, we'd lived in town, so we'd lived in town at least 20 years at that point. So a generation's worth of living in town. And uh, the guy he was running against for city council put up this thing about uh, how I am a, uh, a native of Yankton. You know, and whereas my opponent's not, you know. Really? Okay. Town politics. Oh, yeah. And so my dad, his grandfather lived in a small town outside of Yankton, in Yankton County, and his dad was born there. So my grandfather was born in Yankton County before they ended up moving away and, and various things. And so my dad started putting on his form, on his promo materials, third generation Yankton County. Oh. Yeah, yeah crafty. Uh, but because of that, this small town cemetery contacted my dad, and they're like, uh, are you related to Purdy Bates Dickinson, P.B. Dickinson? Uh, yeah, uh, he's my grandfather. Oh, well, we have two unused uh, cemetery plots here uh, under his <coughs> name that he owns. So you'd be the rightful owner of them. Would you Would you want well. to take them? Yeah. So my mom and dad are like, man, good as any other place, we'll go there. It's a funny little story. But uh, so going to this small town cemetery uh, then to make prayers, and I walk in there. I'm walking over to uh, my dad's spot, and what do I see on the ground? Cow pies. Mm. Yeah. In the cemetery. Yeah, in the cemetery. Wow. So there's uh, there's some kind of some pasture land next to it, and the fence had apparently been knocked down. It looked like it was up. I, I walked the fence line after my visit to see if anything was down, but apparently it had been knocked down and no one had then cleaned up uh, the cemetery after the cows had been in. So, Father, just out of curiosity, I mean, was it, I mean, did it, were there any indications whether you were the first visitor in X months or something? Or, I mean, did it seem like, Um, or or can't you tell? I didn't think too hard on that. Okay. And is this not the first time it's happened? Oh, okay. Yeah, and so it's just kind of a small town cemetery, and just like a lot of things in small towns, kind of right now suffering a bit. Sure. Um, and so, uh, uh, and even like like some of the really older tombstones, like there's one tombstone from a like a, a small child, like a six or seven year old child that was, that died in 1908, and that marker had been knocked over. I'm assuming by the cattle. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But uh, but just got me thinking about cemeteries and uh, it's just a, a long introduction, Doctor Bergwald, for us just to talk about cemeteries. No, but I think it's a good introduction too, though. I mean, it, yeah, as as we'll see, I think it, I think it. Um, well, obviously, as you said, this is where your dad is buried, and and so this speaks to, well, it speaks to a lot of things that we're going to talk about, but but our our, our view towards many things, uh, not and not just obvious things when we think about cemeteries, but but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. 
But even just to think, I mean, I think we take them for granted or we drive by them. We don't think much about them. Or maybe we make little statements up, you know, to tiptoe past the graveyard. Um, but, you know, to actually think about cemeteries, you know, and, and what they mean in uh, American civil life. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I mean, just, so I just, you know, in, in some of my free time on retreat, when I wasn't doing my spiritual exercises, I just spent some time thinking about it uh, in that way. And uh, it's maybe to think about uh, that cemeteries have uh, value to society. And for us maybe to talk about it today, uh, Dr. Bergwald, in the sense of like an emotional value of a cemetery, a civic value of a cemetery, and a religious value of a cemetery. And, and before we get into those, Father, I just the, the, just the simple idea that a cemetery has value in any form, let alone the threefold way that you that you just uh, were, were introducing, because I think I, I think a lot of it, that it, it's purely utilitarian. I mean, this is some a cemetery is something and, and I see I think this has been reflected in uh, I was talking with um, Oh, one of your brother priests at clergy is in early October talking about the percentage of, of, uh, the ratio between, uh, burials, um, c- cemetery burials in the normal sense, but then cremations, um, and how, how much more people are moving towards cremation. And obviously there's often st- still a burial. Uh, the remains are still buried, but just t- to me that that's reflective, uh, also of, of what we see, for instance, in the disrepair of a, of a small town cemetery, uh, um, th- that people don't ascribe very much value at all to what we do with the deceased. Right. It can be, it can be an afterthought in that way. Right. Okay. Anyway. The- yeah. Um, and so just to, 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 to point out that it's not just an afterthought, that it's not just um, a matter of uh, good decorum or just a matter of good sanitation, uh, to have organized cemeteries, but there's real value to society that uh, we, um, especially in rural life, should uh, value and in a great educational value uh, to youth. Right. Absolutely. So let's just maybe think a little bit, Dr. Bergwald, about like the emotional value of cemeteries. I mean, it, that type of value seems kind of obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's that's the, probably the first, maybe the only value that people would, if you, if you asked, okay, so what is the value of a cemetery? I think that's the first one that most people would bring to mind. Right. Um, so what, what do you think of when you think of like the emotional value of a cemetery? How does it help <clears throat> not just you yourself, Dr. Bergwald, but kind of society uh, or a town as a whole well I, so just personalizing it somewhat for me my my, um, my parents um, just thinking about them they they oftentimes will you know at least at least twice a year I think it's certainly Memorial Day um, and and uh, another time maybe two during the year will go to the cemeteries where their parents uh, respectively are buried just to in, use that phrase pay their respects just uh, as a way to um, in a sense reconnect with at least their memory of their parents and I know in both cases that my my, my, my parents love their parents deeply miss them deeply uh, remember the, remember them fondly um, and yet they, they can do that from their home but they find value to use that word. They find value in actually going to 
the cemetery, going to the gravesite where um, where their parents are are buried. That there there is a you know and this goes back to we were talking last week about sacraments and just the fact that we are we are bodily creatures. We are, we are incarnate beings and, and having that physical proximity to our our loved ones uh, buried uh, has some value. It resonates with with us at a deep level of our being. You know, I I, I, I have seen that. I kind of think of the idea of like a pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah. Emotional pilgrimage in that way. And my, I know my parents would do that uh, growing up to their uh, uh, to their parents, my grandparents who were deceased. Uh, and I also think about a story. Um, I met I met a woman out in Colorado. Uh, she would do homily workshops for uh, for young seminarians and priests. For free, she was kind of a talent agent who would work with politicians, actors, actresses, things like that. But she would do give her workshop uh, uh, for free to priests because she was sick of bad homilies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 but uh, she invited me to come back a second time. Um, oh, oh, but uh, a really uh, kind of sad but beautiful life of faith. Um, and uh, her husband uh, was a pilot not a commercial pilot, a, a private pilot, and enjoyed flying. And he actually uh, uh, lost his life in a plane crash in the Rocky Mountains. Mm. And because she didn't have like that set place of rest and that set emotional uh, uh, resolution of being able to see her husband's final remains and to know his resting place, uh, for many years until they actually found the crash site, she was plagued with nightmares and fears of like her husband, like, somehow surviving and like, you know, stuck and hurt and alone uh, and things like that in that, in that wilderness place. And it wasn't until they actually found uh, uh, the crash site uh, years later that she began to actually have peace in that way. Right. So, so this emotion of value, I think in th- uh, another area of emotion of value, not just for our own uh, mourning in that place can also be gratitude to, to the dead. Okay. Yeah, you know, of the things that they did for us. You think about how many, maybe even civic uh, cemeteries, not a religious cemetery by a church, but a civic cemetery put up by a town, a municipality, they have monuments to uh, veterans. Right, to absolutely. To town founders. Yep, yep. It's also then a, uh, 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 some gratitude, that good emotion to be able to, uh, to foster in that way. Um. Good. Anything else on emotional values? No, I, 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 I'm really intrigued by that last point, actually. Gratitude to the dead, because I think, you know, maybe a shift in public consciousness, so to speak, of, you know, well, they're, well, they're dead. Why would they be grateful? But but as you said, this is this is something that's been part of the fabric of American life for, for well, probably centuries, uh, reflected in the fact that we have these monuments towards veterans. The example that you gave, I think, is a great one showing how we still, even though, yes, they, they have passed, we still express our gratitude uh, to them. And that, obviously, I think that's a reflection of our, you know, the, the, the um, somewhere at least in, in, in maybe the public unconsciousness now, a recollection or a recognition rather of the fact that, well, no, they are um, one way or another still in existence. Uh, their souls, our souls are immortal. And I think that the, the idea of expressing gratitude to the deceased is a reflection of that maybe um, 
implicit understanding or implicit awareness that they are still somehow with us. Right. Well, and then even uh, there's that old Chesterton uh, pun about the church being the world's uh, uh, most complete democracy, for it even gives a vote to the dead. Exactly. The democracy of the dead. Yep. Although Chicago apparently is a very Catholic town. What? <laughs> you know why? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> said that uh, the dead are still registered and vote in Chicago. Yes, yes. Vote early and vote often. And often. So uh, cemeteries also, then, speaking of a city, have a civic value in that way, which kind of maybe transition to that notion of gratitude. Uh, uh, they provide a ready history lesson. You know, to be able to go there, I uh, have some students, a student who's a history major, and uh, some other students came uh, out to the city of White, and we had a mass in the cemetery uh, for the faithful departed. And uh, uh, the student, who, as a historian, is very excited just to go and like look and, and, and discover an older cemetery in that way, just to learn the history. And so in taking care of it, it can serve for a city, uh, for a state, for a municipality, whatever, uh, as a local place of history, things recorded in stone. Um, and teach you that civic lesson, that civic virtue of caring for history uh, here and now. Um, any, uh, 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 does that kind of make sense of building up that civic duty uh, of patriotism in that way? It does, and, I, and this, is, uh, this probably straddles the line between this value and the emotional value. Just think about family and, f- and family history. Um, it, I had the opportunity once when I was uh, younger to, to travel to Europe and, and visit um, with with relatives, not too distant, but somewhat distant relatives, and able to go to the cemeteries where, ge- you know, generations of Bergwalds were buried, going back I think to the 18th century um, or uh, 19th century, maybe even the 18th century, um, and and just showing the, the, the you know the the place in hi- or just giving a a, a broader sense or, or uh, not broader sense, the reality of history and 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 the, that I fit within. Um, you know, a, a family line that that does you know, you know this intellectually, but again, it's it's when you're in the presence of some, of some physical reminder that that there is a lineage there, and I think that also applies uh, civically, so to speak. That you know, the, the town um, in which I grew up, the town in which I live now, that that obviously this people have lived here for for years, generations, um, decades, maybe hundreds of years, and having there being value in recognizing that. I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. And it's not one that maybe we often think about, but it's, it's an important one in that way. Um, and they can add, and, and just for that place of the formation of the young, which is a, should be always be a civic concern. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, I don't know if I ever, uh, in my public school experience, uh, I don't think we ever made a public school visit to a cemetery, but it seemed like that would be a good thing to do. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, and then finally, uh, we should talk about the religious value of cemeteries. I suppose. Uh, both in terms of uh, theology and teaching as a place of emphasis, and also for our relationship with our Lord, our spiritual life. I think we could break it down in those two ways. Okay. So, uh, hey... I- if only we had a theologian if on this only. show. Wait a moment. What? Oh, no. So, Dr. Bergwald, yeah. what's your doctorate in again? Uh, dogmatic theology. Oh, excellent, even. 
So, uh, what sort of dogmas or doctrines would a cemetery give testimony to? Uh... <laughs> Can you give me a hint? <laughs> Certainly, like uh, 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 a hope of maybe something. Resurrection of the dead, maybe? Yes. yes. So, the... uh, so maybe you could speak on resurrection. Maybe you could speak on uh, the importance of what we do, our bodily actions, the body-soul unity. Yeah, so I... Uh, and maybe also, too, of divine justice. So so there are at least three um, theological implications doctrines or dogmas that are that are that that are referred to so to speak manifested so to speak by cemeteries so with that first one that 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 i uh so gingerly put out there uh and father gratefully um thankfully affirmed the resurrection of the dead so as 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 Christians, Catholics, we 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 know that at the end, um, our souls uh, and bodies, which which are, are are torn apart, so to speak, by death, by physical death, will be reunited. Whatever our eternal destiny is, whether it's heaven or hell, um, and purgatory along the way to heaven, maybe, at the end of time. Our bodies and our souls will be reunited, and so this is why you know, cemeteries are are not certainly uh, exclusively Christian, um, exclusively religious in the sense of of or monotheistic at least in in the sense of their historical origins. Many religions uh, practice burying the dead, but but we place a special emphasis on it because we believe that the human person, and this is sort of getting into the second uh, yeah the second point, the human person is is not just a spirit, not just a soul. But is is the the combination, the union, the composite is the, is the formal word um, of the body and soul together. So I, Chris, am not just a spirit that's that's dwelling within this body. I, Chris, am the union of this spirit, this soul, and this body. Um, and, and so at the end of time, God will restore His creations, including each and every human being, man and woman. Uh, to to the way that he intended to be, which is this union of body and soul, forever, for all eternity, we will be uh, we will, our bodies and souls will be uh, in union, as we experience them now, but either in a glorified state or or, or a disglorified state, so to speak, for for any of the damned, um, and that is reflected in the fact that we have cemeteries. We treat the body of the deceased with respect because it is an integral part of the human being, of the human person. Um, and then, Father, you mentioned justice at the end. What, what did you have in mind there? Well, uh, I was thinking this might go uh, more, maybe more towards the, the spiritual life, but the whole idea of uh, there is an end, there's there's judgment, and there will be justice. You know uh, uh, that. Um, People who might seem all powerful in this life, people whom it might seem that uh, uh, who might do evil or manipulative things, people to whom you can't defeat in this life, uh, there will be a defeat that they cannot, or there will be an opponent they cannot beat, and that opponent is death. Right. And that there will be a divine judgment after death for that person. Right. And and you know we, we we pray for the salvation of all, but justice still needs to be fulfilled. Uh, I guess we could pray that that everybody gets purged at least. Um, but but justice has to be fulfilled. God God's mercy mercy uh, and justice meet. Mercy and justice kiss is one of the psalms. Say I think right. Biblical guy. Right. Yes. Mercy and justice have, have yep. kissed or embraced. Yep. So. Um, 
I, I, I was thinking as you were saying that I was thinking also of the point that we were talking about earlier, um, just the, the 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 sense of history that we see in a cemetery, and I think that 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 came to mind here with this point as well. As you're saying, the 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 poor and the powerful alike um, will end up. Uh, all of us will will die, uh, and and so we can see that you know we think of somebody who's maybe, you know, very powerful today, a few generations from now might be completely forgotten, except for the fact that there is for most of us there will be this this reminder in the sense of a of a marked grave, um, and so we can go and see. These places were obviously average people, but also, um, quote unquote, above average people, successful people in, in worldly sense and, and spiritual senses, both end up in the same place. And so death sort of being the great equalizer, in a sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, very much so. And I think about, you know, uh, someone who uh, might be suffering in some way from the evil actions of someone else here and now, whether uh, some sort of, you know, verbal physical, sexual abuse of some sort, um, and they might think that they have no hope of justice in this life, uh, they do have a hope for divine justice. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, a sure hope, you know, not, not just sort of an optimism of, boy, I hope, it, but, but a sure hope uh, uh, in that way, a knowledge that, that that will be fulfilled. Correct. And so I think that's a good way to think about the theological statements of uh, uh, of the seminary of the cemeteries, and also the notion too that uh, of your own reward, you know. If, and so maybe you suffer in poverty right now, and you don't see the reward of good things in this life. Or maybe you're generous to others, even though uh, you're limited in resources. And uh, and the cemetery has that pledge of immortality as well in that way, as a reward, that divine justice. Absolutely. And I think maybe on the spiritual side of things, it'd be that just reminder of uh, our of judgment on me, <laughs> of uh, that. Uh, um, I, I think of uh, the phrase uh, "the writing on the wall." Have you ever heard that phrase before? Read the writing on the wall. Yes. You know where that comes from. Yes. Where does that come from, Doctor Daniel? From what source? Dan, the Bible. The Bible. You you know the Bible? Can you believe that? Oh wow! What are the words that were written on the wall, Father? Mene Tekel Perez. There we go. What's three Hebrew? It's all Greek. To me. Oh, Hebrew to me. Oh, I... <laughs> you know what those words mean, Doctor Bergman? I can't recall. No. Okay. Uh, Mene Tekel and Perez means. Uh, uh, so now, in the story in the Book of Daniel, is that uh, the son of Balthazar. I don't remember his name, uh, but the the king, not the king who conquered, not the Babylonian king who conquered uh, Jerusalem, but his son, his successor was partying. Belshazzar, I think. Belshazzar? I think so. Okay. He was partying, and uh, he decided to use the sacred vessels from the Jewish temple in his partying. And as he's partying, they see this disembodied hand riding upon the side of the wall in the palace. And no one could read it, and eventually they bring in Daniel, this faithful Jewish man, and he says, I'll read it and tell you what, and explain to you what it means. Mene, uh, your kingdom has been weighed. Uh, Tekel, it has been found wanting. Perez, it will be destroyed and given to another. Mene Tekel Perez. Daniel chapter 5. I believe it's the very next uh, uh, verse or the very next day that the king of Persia conquers the Babylonians. Yeah. 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 How about that? So just a reminder that, uh, of that action of our own lives. Very good. 
Father, uh, do we, we actually managed to fill this episode completely with this topic. Yay. Yay. So again, the email address I gave at the beginning, let us know if you have any uh, questions about this or any other topic. Seabergwald at sfcatholic.org. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.